This is Hank for Wildflower Bee Farm. It's March 26, 2021. Lots of rain last night here on the farm. We had probably about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. We just had an amazing burst of rain go through, which uh, was really needed. You know, the wildflowers are just starting to come up, and, the, you know, the nectar needs to flow. And to, for do, to do that, you need moisture. So now that we have it, I'm looking forward to a couple of great weeks. And this week, again, the bees are bringing in all kinds of pollen from the different trees, the maples, uh, the willows, just about starting to open, the pussy willow, we have a few on the property, but not as many, lots of wildflowers as well, so things are starting to pick up here. Um, fascinating watching the, sort of sad too, watching the attack on one of the hives by robbers, and we're not sure where they're coming from. I I was watching the other hives to see, you know, when, when the uh, supposed uh, hive was being robbed, I was, I was looking at all the other hives and couldn't see any of the activity which would suggest it because all the other hives were bringing in pollen and they looked like they were fairly normal in their activity and there weren't any, um, you know, hairless bees coming in after having robbed the hive. So there may be some, you know, wild hives out in the bush somewhere or maybe from another property. But, um, yeah, they're still going out even though I, I reduced the entrance. Um, they are still, and put it back to the way it was, they are still attacking that hive uh, pretty mercilessly, and uh, I'm not sure it's going to make it. Continued with um, putting out, uh, you know, homes for the bees. Hopefully they'll move in, empty homes. We put in some um, lemongrass uh, yesterday on Q-tips, sort of pushed them into the log hives, and uh, there remains to be uh, some comb in the other hives, which is uh, helping, I believe, attract the bees. Um, a bit more, bit more thoughts on you know what's happening currently, and and I think I've sort of come to the conclusion, and maybe you have too, that there really is two different ways uh, to raise bees or help bees. And I thought about it this week when I was looking at, you know, after our third successful winter, those hives we will be putting some of them up for sale, and then I started thinking, well, where are they going to go? What's life going to be like? Are they going to be in a environment where like here they can pretty much you know live their life in a natural way or are they going to be in an environment where they're where they're basically um, grown as livestock not that there's anything wrong with that it's just a different approach and so I think what I've concluded this week and certainly your opinion is always welcome that the two different types or the ways to help bees one is the livestock version and the other is the helping version that we do here on the farm now, the helping version can include all sorts of other sort of activities. I think the main difference being, you know, honey production at any cost is not the purpose of, uh, of, of our being around bees. And the more I watched uh, the uh, videos from the University of Guelph and other universities and other experts, um, it was clear that the purpose is raising bees as livestock, which is fine. That's a purpose and a function, and if you're okay with that, then more power to you. Our philosophy is different here. We we really think the, the idea is that there is a symbiotic relationship, a win-win, if you will, that the bees don't have to suffer. And I think that, you know, if someone wanted to raise bees our way for honey, they could do that. They would just have to charge more. And they would have to really tell the story of why their honey is different than others. And, and the big one would be the way the bees are treated, brought up, the environment. So I think you could have a very successful business operation if you're going to raise bees the way we did, if, provided that you educate the country 
uh, of, of why and how you're doing it. For example, you would limit yourself probably to one honey super, uh, doing that probably in May when clover is on and it's, uh, it's quite incredible. You then take that off and let them have the rest of the year, in our case, from June all the way to November to get ready for winter. Just do one box, that would be it. So you'd be, say 50 pounds of honey a year from each hive. Um, and you would have to charge a significant amount to be able to offset your costs and make a living. But that's the type of, of uh, product you would be providing. Now, if it's a commodity and people say, well, I can buy you know cheaper honey at the grocery store or someone down the road, well, then that becomes an issue of the business and perhaps it's not viable. But I do think that there is a long-term benefit to uh, doing what we're doing as far as a, a helping role as opposed to a livestock role. I think we probably need both, obviously. Uh, but I think it's important to be able to filter that out. So, so no, there's no right or wrong way, just a different way. And that's really helped me when I when I look at some of the experts. And you know, the the current issue people talk about are feeding bees pollen, pollen uh, patties they're called. And and when I started, I did that too. I was told that's what you do. And in the very early spring, you you put out pollen patties into the hives, and the bees will start. The queen will get a signal, and the bees will take that pollen in and produce protein and they'll have babies and it'll just you know when flowers are blooming your your hive will just be loaded with bees and that's a that's an option and that's a livestock version now the pollen patties are made from all kinds of things soybean extract all kinds of things to provide the protein that the bees need but i was amazed this week of what the bees were doing with all the pollen in the maples and the other trees we didn't need to provide them any supplements nor have we needed to provide them any sugar syrup or sugar water to help them uh, overcome some of the cold spring we had because they had a lot of honey left over. So I think the livestock versus the self-help um, self-help or the more the uh, helping bee option are, are really the two options you need to think about. So when you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com you'll see this week I'm just about to post the three different types of uh, activity we see on the outside of a hive this time of year. The first is the um, the robbing, which is goes on. I mean, we have updates on that. The second is the bringing in a p early pollen, which is an exciting time for them. And the third is uh, orientation flight. We actually caught a hive uh, just checking out the world as newbies would when they were newly hatched into the world. And so those are the three types of behavior we're seeing at the front of the hives. Um, and there's also a combination. So with the orientation flight there was also examples of bees bringing in pollen um, and so you'll see all kinds of different things even even the one uh, video I was looking at where the bees were bringing in pollen there was the odd robber trying to get in and quickly ushered out by other bees so it's a constant give and take with nature and a constant fight this time of the year because there is a real push to get resources they need pollen and nectar to help the hive survive and be able to to grow Looking forward to the swarm season. We're set up for that, so we we hope that uh, many of our bees uh, will be able to swarm, and some of them will choose to stay around here and live in some of the hives we've prepared. The other part to this, really, I'm, I'm, I did a couple of them last year just because it was just they weren't in a good mood. I did it by accident, which what I would call a no-look split. So there were a couple of hives that had uh, two mediums on them. Uh, and they were quite healthy 
And so last year we were trying to expand from a total of 13 hives to where we ended the year off with, which was 32 uh, hives. And I simply took the top box, put it on a uh, stand and put a roof on it and that was it. So I made two, I made two out of one by just taking the top box and moving it away from the bottom box. And of course there's a risk there because you could have a queen and the only eggs in one part and the other part would go um, would eventually not make it but in this case both that I did survive fine in fact they're just doing great right now so the no-look split I call it and I'm not sure if anyone else has tried this out there maybe let me know it's a bit risky because but it's very in, in many ways non-disruptive to the bees because you're not really you know you're not going in you're not pulling out frames looking for eggs and queens and all that kind of stuff you just you're just splitting the two. And the worst case scenario is one of them won't make it. And you simply will put it back on top of the other hive and wait till next year and do it again. Or you can do it again later in the fall or whatever you want to do. But probably the fall is not a good time. So I'm going to try some no-look splits. And I'll be able to report back to you on the um, success rate. I'll only do two or three because we want most of our bees to swarm this year. But that in itself will be an interesting experience. And hopefully we'll be able to do a, a live at the hive show, which we bombed last time again because of the uh, the audio. And I'm headed out today to try to figure out the audio problem in, in a bit more detail. So uh, today things are pretty calm because it's rained and uh, the bees aren't flying, and we're just looking at our data. And we, we're, you know, all our sensors are working fine. They survive all that rain and everything, and uh, able to keep track. Some of the hives are very warm, very busy. Others not so much as each hive has its own sort of cycle and system and sort of routine based on where it is. The pine grove hives are probably the most behind. Uh, the hives that have a bit more sun are probably well advanced. So we'll keep track of those and report back to you. So I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Remember, go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. Have a look at our, our weekly video that I post. I'll be putting one up shortly. You can also go to honeybeelessonplans.com where we have activities for you to use at home and lesson plans for teachers. At Teachable, you can also go to teachable.com where we have a class on helping bees. You can go take the class and learn some of our techniques. And it looks like we had, you know, 31 out of 32 um, hives. And I'm just putting that in my calculator. Uh, 31 divide by 32 which is a 97% uh, survival rate over winter now we're probably going to lose one hive to this robbing I can't see this hive surviving but you know if you want to see what technique we used or what the micro environment or macro environment's like here that led to a 97% uh, survival rate check us out I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm talk to you again next time